we are fixing to study on the church at Philadelphia. And so I can kind of get started. We've already talked about um, the, the Bible doesn't really teach church ages because uh, at any point in time, uh, you will find churches that are representative of the churches that we have in these two chapters. But most church historians have ascribed a time period that relates to certain churches. And a lot of people think that uh, the Philadelphian church age would have started in the 1900s and run I mean, 19th century and run through about 1950 and 1960, and then we'll probably get into the next church age. But just a little bit about uh, this, this city. Uh, it still exists today in Turkey, it's, but it's known as Alashir. And uh, it was established... In 189 B.C. by King Eumenes II. He named the city for the love of his, uh, for the love of his brother who was so loyal to him that he earned the nickname Philadelphos. And Philadelphia is taken from two Greek words, philae, and Delphos. Philae is love, and Delphos is brother. So when you hear them talk about Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and they say it's the city of brotherly love, they get that from the Bible or that time in ancient history. And uh, if you... Uh, if you ever go to a sporting event in Philadelphia, you can question it being the city of brotherly love. Uh, it, and uh, Philadelphia literally means one who loves his brother. Now, this city is also known for its many vineyards. And the sultana raisins that you buy, if you still buy those, they come, that's where they come from. They're, it's also very earthquake prone. There's been many earthquakes there. Um, it sits uh, at the upper end of a long valley that comes, runs from the coast of Smyrna up through the valley. It's located about 37 miles south of, of uh, Sardis, I believe it is. And, and it's really the gateway to the interior of Asia Minor. So if you go, which, uh, if you go anywhere into the interior, you would have to go through Philadelphia. And uh, it's 
it was also known as Little Athens because of its many gods and idols. So here's a smaller church placed among uh, a lot of uh, pagan worshipers, but this little church has made a name for itself. It's one of the two churches that there's no uh, rebuke against. It only received uh, accommodations. And um, we picked this little church up in the third chapter of Revelation, starting with verse 7. And I'm, I'm, for tonight, I'm going to kind of take this verse by verse. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he who is holy, he is true, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. Now, true to form, and every one of these letters to the churches is pretty much uh, laid out the same way. He, he, he says to the messenger or to the pastor, that's what angelos, the Greek word angelos means. He's writing to the pastor, and this is what, this is what, Verse 7 is what Jesus says of himself. This is the way Jesus describes himself to this church. And I'm going to take this in inverse order of how he is described. There's many things in the Bible that we can debate. But the one thing that we cannot debate is God is sovereign. He opens the doors. He closes the door. And if he, if he opens it, there's nobody that can shut it. And if he shuts it, nobody can open it. The first closed door that we have reference of in the Bible is the Bible says that Noah entered the ark and God closed him in. I promise you, those people that were laughing at Noah when he was building that ark, when that water got about ankle deep, they were trying to beat that door open. But God had closed the door. And uh, uh, when he says he holds the keys of David, that, that is authority. So God is absolute sovereign. That means that he gets to do anything he wants to and there's nothing you can do about it except come up to doing things like he wants them done. He is absolute, uh, has absolute authority, and that's what the keys represents. And then he says, he who is true, there is only one truth in this world, and that one truth is Jesus, and and we know that the 
the Word was made flesh, Jesus, and this Word is the, is the one truth that is in this world. Our, everything that we know about, every government, uh, is based on deception. Uh, I, I quit watching uh, the, even, the news about a year ago, maybe longer, because I didn't believe, you can't believe what they're saying. Occasionally, I will watch the local news to get the weather, and they get that wrong most of the time. But, you know, the Bible says that in the last days, it will wax worse and worse of deceiving and being deceived. Our governments are based on deception. Our businesses are based on deception. I don't know how many gas stations I rode, rode, rode by, and it said gas 339 for a gallon of gas. Well, that's not right. It's 10% ethanol, so you only get nine-tenths of a gallon. If you go hunt down a gallon of gas, it's about a dollar higher, you know. And that's the way, and, and church, the deception has crept into the church. No longer is Jesus the only way, but there's many ways to God. You know, people are, are, are preaching that. But... Uh, Jesus is the only, uh, he, he is absolutely true and genuine. And uh, here's the way, here's the way deception works. And, and listen, if you watch the, the Christian networks, now there's a lot of good on there, but there's a lot of deception too. And here's the way it works. And Paul, you better not do this Sunday. He can get up there and say, hey, everybody, last Sunday when Marvin came to church, he was not drinking. And that would be the absolute truth. That's true. But it infers that on some occasions I was drinking when I come to church, <laughs> you know. So that's the way. And, and, and if you pay close attention to the news and... You get what they want you to hear. Walter Cronkite said that years ago. Says I don't get to real report the real news. I, I I have to report what they tell me to say. So he he is he is truth. And then he says he is holy. Now. God says to us, be ye holy, for I am holy. And I'm glad he didn't say, be as holy as I am. He didn't say that. Because if he'd have said, he'd give us something that we would not be able to do. Because we can't be as holy as God. But, uh, you know, we, we have a hard time grasping how holy God is because we have nothing to compare him to. He's incomparable, you know. And, and uh, 
we, we have nothing to compare him to. Jeff, come here. I, I, I want to I illustrate. Uh, now, listen, my illustrations is not as elaborate and as good as Kim's is. But I think you'll get the point here. And in order for me to, uh, there you are. Hold, hold this microphone oh, for me. It's going to cost you. <laughs> I want you to take it far from me. So I don't. Here's what I want to show you how holy God is. If God, if once God possesses something, even if it wasn't holy before, because it's His, He becomes holy. That's, you know, and we don't have nothing like that to compare that to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this this is just an unholy old sinner right here. This this sinner don't do anything. He just comes to God. He gets he gets put in God. And then all of a sudden, see that water dripping off of there? He, he becomes holy. By the pro simple process of osmosis, when you belong to God, you're automatically holy. You know, uh, do something with that before I make a mess. But anyway, I, I, I thought that would illustrate the point of you know, and help us realize uh, just how holy that God is. Now, um, in verse 8, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. In verse 8, he gives this church its commendations. You know, the, the first thing he says is, I know your works. I have, see, I have set before you an open door. Now, there's two things that we can, two th points to the door that we can get. First, the door represents an entrance, and it and and to walk through a door calls for a decision. Jesus is the door. In John ten and nine, he says, "I I am the door to my sheep. If you enter through me, you are saved." Jesus is not a way to God. He is the way, the only way. And He is that door to uh, 
into the kingdom of God. But you've got to make the decision to walk through the door. And then it also implies that he set before them an open door. This church has a great opportunity to evangelize. Now, when you come to salvation, everybody is called to do something. Not everybody's called to be an evangelist. Not everybody is called to be a pastor. Not everybody is called to be a missionary. Or, or, or I mean, the Bible gives a good example of a body. It takes all the body parts working together to operate properly. And even the ones, you know, people place great emphasis on the brain, the heart, the lungs, and so on. And all those organs are important. But you let that little pituitary gland in your thyroid go crazy and it messes up everything, you know. So it takes all body parts working together. You, you might think the toe ain't too important. You take them off and see, see if you can balance yourself good. You have trouble walking. And we're all called to do something. And, and some, some people may, you may just be called to show up in your Sunday school class every Sunday morning to be a, and, and your presence can inspire the person that's doing the teaching, you know. You may be called just to be a, to pray for, for your church. You're called to something. Now, when you're called, you know, when you're called for a, what we would talk about, a big work, uh, something like a pastor evangelist. That, you know, a lot of people get real inspired and say, I'm called to do such and such. Now, that's really good to answer that call. But there are some things that you're called to do that there's going to be a time of preparing for. Sometimes, People get in a hurry with their calling, and they're called, but they are not yet sent because they have not prepared themselves enough to do that particular job. And people sometimes get, they let their their zeal exceeds their knowledge, and and they get into trouble down the road, and it causes them real problems, you know. So we've got to, we've got, when God calls us to do something, we've got to still continue to seek Him and do it, whatever it is that we've been called to do, in His time. I, I want to I want to give you this story now. Uh, some of you here may remember this i i don't know I, it's been four or five how long have you been here okay it's 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 at least three years ago because i think it was in the time that we was in transitions between herschel and pastor paul but mark walker 
I don't know if you remember or not, he come up here and spoke. And one a, a couple of times. But one of those times, he told this story. And, and I, I, this story really done something for him. I really like this story. He's, he told about a church, and there was a young lady in this church, and they'd had a good service, and she came forward and said, told the pastor, I've been called to the missionary field. And he says, oh, Marcy, that's, that's wonderful. He says, I've always known God had your, his hand upon you. I've always known that you was going to be called to do a great work for him. He says, is, is this something that we need to pray about? The, do you know what field you're wanting to go? Oh, I, no, she says, no, we don't need to pray over it. I already know where I'm going, you know. And uh, she, she told him where God had called her to. He says, oh, the pastor, oh, Marcy, we, we need to pray about this. He says, we've sent several missionary teams over there, and none of them have ever been heard of from again. He said, it's there, this, that is a place of cannibals, cannibals there. And he says, let's, let's, let's reconsider this. But, but she, she said, no. She says, she says, I've been called to this place. She says, I don't know that if if I'm to come back or not, I only know that I'm to go. So they went through the preparation, and she went through the time. At, when it come time to go, they made an arrangements when they were dropping her off. Says now, if if you are, we will come back to this place in six months says, if you're still alive, we'll resupply you or take you out of here or whatever, you know. Well, it come time, the time passed, and it come time for them to go check on. They almost didn't go check. They thought, well, we're kind of obligated to go check, you know. And uh, when when that when they flew over that place that they're supposed to meet her at, there she was with a whole tribe of people waving at them and everything, and they couldn't believe it. And they landed that plane, and he says, they got out and they said, Marcy, what has happened? How did you do this? She says, Winning these people to Jesus has been the easiest thing I've ever done. She says, when I first got here, I found out two things right off. She says, first of all, they only eat men. <laughs> you know. And, and second of all, they have a tradition that somebody was going to come, that a God was going to come out of the sky. She says, now I told them, that I was not a God, but that I had come from God and that they should listen to me. She wanted the whole tribe to Jesus. You know, and now that's the way, when, when God genuinely calls you to a job, 
and he sends you, the door will be open for you to do that. Uh, I, I thought that uh, that's that's Brother Mark Walker's story, and but I'm I I use it every time I get a chance to because I really like it. Um, and the next thing he says about them, and and this is a strange comment. Listen to this. After he says, I've, you've had the open door, and I'll give you an example of that. For you have a little strength. Now, you would think a compliment would be say, boy, y'all are a strong bunch of Christians. But, but here he says, you have a little strength. Corinthians says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. When you realize that without God, you can do nothing, then, you know, you are getting to the point to where God can use you, you know, um, If, if you get sometimes, you know, people get to the point to where they meet with so much success, they think they're doing it, you know. But you've got to keep in mind always that it's God. Now, we've got to the place in time where we have great musicians eloquent speakers and good programming and if you can hear a person that is a real good speaker and you can hear real good singing and it will inspire you but but talent talent will inspire you Talented people can inspire you, but when they're anointed, when you get the anointing on you, it don't just inspire you, it changes lives, you know. And uh, and and when we realize that of ourselves, we, we have no strength. All of our strength comes from the Lord, you know. Uh, Listen, and and I didn't always. I had to learn some of these lessons too. But but everything you've got is is because of the Lord, and it's His. You know, I I, I heard uh, there was a story about uh, two guys talking about it a very rich man that had just died. And he says, well, how much did he leave? The other guy says, he left it all. You know, it all belongs to the Lord. You ain't going to be able to take any of it with you. You know, and our uh, 
you know, I've, I've been raised in the church. And since I was old enough to remember anything, we, we've had umpteen programs for this and that and that. But uh, there's nothing that can take the place of, of praying down God's conviction on people and something getting a hold of you. My daddy used to sing something got a hold of me, you know. And uh, uh, there's nothing that can take that place. He said, you have kept my word. We're still in verse 8 here. Still, he's still giving them accommodations. You have kept my word. Now, now, they didn't have the complete Bible like we did, but they had the Torah and the Psalms and most of the prophets, I guess. And, and they, had, uh, they, had, they had kept, they had studied God's words and they had kept it. and have not denied my name. Now remember, at this time that this is being written, Rome's ruling, and Caesar's wanted to think of themselves as God, and in that time they were supposed to take a little pinch of incense onto the altar and say, Caesar is Lord, but they didn't do that. They refused to give in to that. They kept, they, they kept, uh, they, they did not deny the name of Jesus. They, they stayed true to him. Um, then in... That, that verse 8 gives them the accommodations. Then verse 9 says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Now, the other church... Uh, that had only accommodation and no rebuke were Smyrna. And that was, it talked about the synagogue of Satan there. Now, the word synagogue here does not mean like a place of worship, but it means more of a congregation or the followers of Satan. And what was happening in that day and time was the Judaizers that were going through and they and they're saying, well, you know, believing in Jesus is is great, but you've got to keep the law. You know, people uh, have a hard time just accepting the grace of God. They keep trying to obtain salvation by works or some other way. You know, when it's salvation is a gift of God. You don't, 
you don't earn it. You just accept it, you know. And uh, uh, they were, the Judaizers were actually a stronger group than this little congregation was. Uh, they had, they were in a, a place where they had actually uh, very little influence uh, in their area, but they had stayed loyal to Jesus the whole time. Yeah. And he says, uh, you know, we have in the Bible, uh, in Galatians 3, uh, chapter 3 and verse 29, he says, it says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And uh, in Romans uh, 4 and 11, it says, Abraham is the father of all those, the father of, of, of faith to all of them that believe. It's not, in other words, they could call themselves Jews and of the seed of Abraham, but they were lying because they did not believe in, in Jesus. And, and, and they, the Bible said, says that if you, you have to be a, if you are a believer, then you are the seed of Abraham. And it says that he would make them come to worship at their feet. Now, the Apostle Paul is a pretty good example of that very thing happening. You know, when he started out, he, he, was, he was going around killing the Christians if he could, and, and, and what he couldn't kill, he'd put in prison. and. Uh, God changed, he, he, he was a complete 180 degree turn in his life and, and the Apostle Paul became a great worshiper of, of, uh, of Jesus and wrote, And they give him credit for 13 books. In my mind, he wrote 14 because I believe that he wrote Hebrews also because uh, he, he uses the same words in Hebrew a lot of times when, as he does in some of his letters, you know, when he was talking about you need to get off the milk and on to the meat. It says that in Hebrews as well as some of the other places and and when you read Hebrews it I you know that's one of the things we can debate you know we can debate that we can't debate God is sovereign okay uh, now probably for the believers verse 10 is is one of the greatest verses in this letter to 
the church at Philadelphia. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, over in Smyrna, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you through this, this time of testing that's coming on, on you. You know, it's, it's just going to last a little while, and it's just going to be right here. This is a different thing. This is, this is not some local thing that's going to happen. This is going to come on the whole world. God has promised to, to take this church. He's going to keep that church from that time of testing. Now, when you study Revelations, when you, when, it talks about the churches in chapters 2 and 3. Chapter one, uh, verse one of chapter four says, "It says, come up here, and I will show you things that will shortly come to pass." And then the rest of chapter four is the scene in heaven. After you get past chapter four to chapter five, everything else is about the tribulation. The church is never mentioned again because the church, we believe, is in heaven and he has promised to keep them from that time of testing jesus said in luke take heed and pray that you are counted worthy to escape the things that are coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Sometimes that escape comes through death. And if not death, then there'll be some that are living when Jesus returns. But he's going to keep you from that time of testing. You know, he is not, we, the believers, is not appointed unto wrath. And uh, I'm just going to go over by just a few minutes, so I'm, I'm almost through. So, um, Verse 11 says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast that that you have, that no one may take your crown. Now, quickly here means it don't it don't mean that his return is imminent, about to take place. It means when when it happens, it's going to be very quick, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, you know. Uh, and and what we've got to do, and and I know, you know. Uh, the times that we're living in, it it makes us long for Jesus to come back, you know. And uh, I I'm 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 kind of I, I I like 
to think about him coming back, you know, and I long for that time myself. You know, but uh, if, if it don't happen, if I die, you know, I have got to still keep living like he's coming back at, at any time. You know, and uh, I'm, 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 I've just got to hold on. I've just got to, I've just got to, I've just got to keep putting up with, with the, these things that's going on around us that none of us like. But, uh, you know, it, it is, it, it is a, a test in, in face of all that stuff and and it you used to, several years ago it was being a it was it was a popular thing to be a Christian it's not too popular nowadays I can remember in 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 my childhood years there was a lot of towns in this area that closed their places of work at 12 o'clock on Wednesday so people could go to prayer meeting, you know. And, you know, we've, uh, we've got away from that. And, but but in, spite, in spite of all that, our job is still to hold on because when in spite of everything that's going on around us, we remain true, we are a testimony against the world when we, when you, when we remain true under, under adverse circumstances. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the new name of the city of my God, the, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven for my God, and I will write on him my new name. Now, this, in their culture, when it says, I will make him a pillar, it, it was common for them to... Uh, an honored citizen of a particular town would get a, a pillar erected in in their temple, whether it was pagan or whatever, you know, with his name written on it. Here, it says, "We will get a new name," and the new name uh, denotes a new status. This new name is uh, uh, it. It is going to be it is. We will have identification with God and possession by God, and everybody is going to know that we are His. This this is in the future, and. Uh, it, the new name 
it also denotes uh, a spiritual citizenship and a reflection of the character of Jesus. That people's going to know us like that. We are going to be a reflection of Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And, you know, you have got, you have got to read it, hear it, absorb it, and live it. Um, you know, uh, This church at Philadelphia, as far as uh, as history records, it 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 didn't do a lot of great things, but they remained true to Jesus, and they never compromised. See. This, this, and if I get started on this, I'll go too long. But in this day and age, we as a body of believers are being asked to compromise what the Bible says. Cause we can't call it, they don't want you to call it sin no more, but you've got to call it what I, the Bible calls it sin. You know, God says, they say, we're in an enlightened generation. That don't apply no more. Well, do you believe the Bible? Oh, yeah, I believe it. Bible says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If it was wrong 2,000 years ago, it's still wrong today. And uh, we cannot compromise uh, just because... Uh, they, we, we've, got, we've got a long way in society from God. I can remember when if you, if you were divorced, you, you whispered it. You said, oh, they're divorced. You didn't, you know, now it's nobody, you know, it's a common thing. It's, it's because, I mean, you know. Uh, but uh, you know that's 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 where we've gone. Uh, this world, and it's not just in America; it's the whole world. The whole world is in chaos. It's a coming apart at the seams, and it's all because that people will not live by the precepts set down by God in this word that of living how God says to live if they would just do that most of our troubles would go away but it's the only hope that we've got of it ever being straight I don't believe there's any any group no uh, political party or anything else can straighten it out at this point the only person that can straighten it out is Jesus 
and they won't listen to him. You know, so um, this is a, uh, this church is, is not a lot, you know, what you can dig out about this church. But, uh, you know, it was a special church because it was one of two. So that's all I have to say. Huh? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for most of all for Jesus and for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, Lord. Thank you for making a way of escape for us. Lord, we pray that everything, Everywhere we go, that we will be good ambassadors for you and that other people can see that we are Christians just by the life that we live, Lord. I ask now, Lord, as we leave this place, that as we go, that you would fill our minds with thoughts of you and fill our hearts with your love. Bring us back safely at the next appointed time, for we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That was good. Well, as you can see, the stage should be done before Sunday. Praise the Lord. And uh, we should have all the instruments back up and ready to roll Sunday. Um, if you ride a bike, a motorbike, that is, motorcycle, that is, um, uh, remember, or if you know someone who does, uh, Saturday the 15th, we'll be meeting for the OCC ride, and uh, that's meeting at the... Um, Harley, the registration, if you want to register online, you can. You can register there at 10 o'clock from 10 till 11. 11 kickstands up. We'll have a great day. Uh, remember, on the 23rd, uh, we'll be at uh, Kim's house, and we're going to have a good time to hang out there, too. So come on out, join us. On the 30th, uh, Sunday night, the 30th, we're going to have a combined service with Rio Advance uh, right here, and that's going to be an amazing time. So you, you guys don't want to miss that. Uh, Let's let's break down the darkness and let the light of God shine. Amen. Amen. Anyway, God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you, if not uh, sooner, Sunday.